0: Greening with Mike
1: Greenberg, the podcast. Most important day of the year for me and for us. And we've got a lot of sports that we'll get to here. Jim Bayheim in a half hour. Talk with him as the college basketball season's underway. We'll talk with him about the V Foundation. Jeff, Saturday will join me in about 10 minutes all around the NFL. I'll give you my December bold predictions in just a couple of quick minutes here around the NFL, which will include where Jim Harbaugh won't be next Who will be the number one seed in the AFC? It's not who you expect. And what's going to happen to Tampa Bay? All those and more are coming up. But I want to start this hour quickly by talking about a a friend of mine whom we lost. And he was a friend of yours, too, even if you never met him. You know, the V Foundation is the best thing that we do at ESPN. I've worked at ESPN for 24 years. I will have the letters ESPN attached to my name for the rest of my life. I'm aware of that, and I'm very proud of it. I've worked here just about half my life. And um, the best thing we do is the V Foundation, the best thing, which was founded and um, created alongside and lives on in the great memory of Jim Valvano, a man who we lost very young about a month after he made one of the great speeches ever in the milieu of sports and in whose memory over $250 million have been raised and donated in the fight against cancer and the difference is being made and being felt every single day. And I will repeat myself that a pandemic is the most important time to remember this because it's the easiest time to forget it. It's the easiest time to forget that cancer isn't worried about the coronavirus. Cancer loves the coronavirus because cancer says, hey, they're going to forget all about me. They're not going to donate any money to the V Foundation this year. They're not going to keep fighting me. They got to fight that. And of course we do. It's critically important that we get a vaccine as quickly as possible and we can all get back together with our lives. But when we get back there, it's going to be more important than ever that we have had this, that we continue this fight against cancer, which impacts my life, yours and everyone we will ever know. So the V Foundation is first and foremost and will always be about Jim Valvano. But for many of us at ESPN, it has in recent years also become about Stuart Scott. I looked up to Stuart for about 20 years. I looked up to him before I met him. I looked up to him when he was an anchor at ESPN and I was just someone who wanted to be. And then I came to ESPN, and I got to know him, and he was, I've said this many times, a force of nature. You've never met anyone with more energy. Back in the days when I first started at ESPN, we all worked, all of the anchors, and I mean the biggest stars, I was no one. I was a kid, an anchor on ESPN News. I wasn't someone who anybody do, but I'm talking about everyone from Dan Patrick to Keith Olbermann to Stuart Scott to Rich Eisen to Chris Berman, all worked just in this one big area of pods. And we'd sit there, I'd be writing my stuff, and everyone be, and Stuart would be singing loudly at his desk. You could hear it from across the room, singing, dancing around, jumping around, talking to everybody, just an incredible person. What a spirit he had. Um, and I, you don't need me to tell you what happened with Stuart, but I love telling this one story about him, because... Everyone says how much they love their kids. Everyone, 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 it's always, it was always a great family man. No one ever wasn't a great family man in the retelling. But my favorite story about Stuart and my favorite picture ever taken of Stuart Scott was taken in Tampa in January of the year 2001. My daughter Nikki had just been born. She was born in September of 2000. And my wife Stacy was still on maternity leave. At the time of the Super Bowl. So we went, Stacy and Nikki and I, the baby, down to Tampa for the Super Bowl that year. And um, we were in the lobby of the hotel. And Stewart's daughters are a little older than mine, Taylor and Sydney. Hopefully you know them and have seen them. Beautiful young women now. But they were little girls then. But they are enough older than mine that they weren't able to come down to the Super Bowl. They had school or whatever it was. They weren't there. But my daughter was there. And so I'm in the lobby of the hotel, and I hear that unmistakable voice from all the way across one of these huge, you know, convention-style hotel lobbies. Some as far away as you could possibly get, I hear Stuart's voice. And he yells, I can't do an imitation of his voice to save my life, but he yells, I got to get some of that, Greenie!" And he comes over, and he mushes my daughter, Nikki, who at the time is four months old, the way only a father who misses his babies possibly can. And thankfully, someone took a picture of it, and that picture eventually made its way to me. And on the day that Stuart died, we got that picture framed, and it is on the wall of our home, and it will be for the rest of my life. And then there's a picture of Stuart Scott, and I just put it up on my, I posted it before, but I wanted it to be up there today. I've just posted it on my Instagram page, so you can see what I'm talking about, at ESPN Greening on Instagram. And it is just a picture of Stuart holding my little girl. And again, that's on the wall of our house, and it will be forever. And if you had known Stuart, you would know that you would be proud to make a donation in the honor of a man like him. And let me tell you what is being done in his name. The Stuart Scott Memorial Cancer Research Fund and, uh, to, to deal with healthcare inequities is I want to read this because it was just sent to me yesterday and I want you to know the extraordinary work that is being done in Stewart's memory. The V Foundation, in just the five years since Stewart died, he died, it'll be the five-year anniversary in January, and the five years since Stewart died, the V Foundation has awarded $10.5 million in grants from his fund. 30 grants have been awarded at 23 cancer centers through the initiative. Funded research projects include prostate, colorectal, breast, endometrial, lung cancers, and more. It is all to deal with something that was Stewart was so passionate about, the disparities and inequities in cancer in minority communities, in the minority population, and in the African American population. And so that was particularly important to him, and that is what that specific fund benefits. So enormous good work is being done in memory of our friend, Stuart. And so I will just leave it there by asking you again, any difference you feel you can make today, v.org slash donate. If it's $5, if it's $500, whatever it might be. During these challenging times, I understand money is different for people than it has been in the past. If you can't help, then we take, we take your good vibes. All the good feelings in the world matter too. The karma matters too. I know you're thinking about it. I know you're thinking about him, and I know that you're with us in this fight. But if you can't help us financially, we appreciate every cent and every penny goes directly where you want it to towards fighting cancer. The V Foundation, it's the best thing we do at ESPN. I couldn't be more proud to be kicking off V Week today with all of us at ESPN Radio. And again, we thank you for all of your help. Okay, Jim Beheim is coming up here. Let us get to some football. Uh, Today is December 1st. And so I am going to do five bold predictions for the month of December. Baba, give me a little music. Let me hear the music. What what music have you chosen for the boldness? Because these are going to be very bold predictions. So I want to make sure the music fits them. Let me hear the music you have selected for this, Baba. Let's hear this. Okay, that's good. Okay, I will accept that. I will accept that as appropriate bold prediction music. Here we go. Number five. The number five prediction is as follows. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Adam Gase is going to get fired, that Doug Marone is going to get fired, that Matt Nagy is going to get fired. I think we all sort of see those coming. And I, and I and I I revel in none of them. I take no pleasure ever in talking about a person losing their job. But that's what it is. That's the business of being a football coach. You get hired in the National Football League, your faith is you're eventually going to get fired. But every single year there's that one you don't see coming, the one you don't see coming, and I went back and forth with the staff before the show today about which was my bold prediction going to be, came down to two in the same division, Mike McCarthy or Doug Peterson, and here's what I decided, I don't think Jerry Jones is going to admit the mistake he has made with McCarthy, and I don't think he wants to pay him and continue to pay him for all the remainder of his contract, so I don't think he's going, I think it's Philly where they make the change. My bold prediction is I believe they make a coaching change in Philadelphia and that'll be the one that shakes everybody up because they can't change the quarterback. They have no option to. I think if they could change the quarterback, the coach would keep his job. But I think if this thing goes the way I think it's going to go in the month of December, then just running it back with Peterson and Wentz will just feel defeatist. I I just think that that the organization is going to want to shake something up. And I genuinely believe the one they'd like to change is the quarterback, but they can't. There's no salary cap when it comes to the coaches. So that's my bold prediction number five, is that the coaching change that surprises everyone will be one in Philadelphia. That's the first one.
0: Number four.
1: All right, number four. All seems terrible in Tampa right now. Everything seems to be a mess. But they've got five weeks left in their season, and the most important one is this one. And they're not even playing. I think that not having a bye has hurt them. I think not having a moment to catch their breath. Look, Tom Brady was playing golf with Peyton Manning, Tiger Woods, and Phil Mickelson at a time when he should have been in minicamps. So for him to join a new team and have no minicamp, no preseason, a truncated summer, Zoom meetings, they're still figuring things out. I'm willing to give them as much as I have been critical, and I take back not one word of it, of Bruce Arians. I think that a week of self-scouting and taking a deep breath will benefit them. And then maybe even more importantly, if you look at the rest of their schedule, it's pretty manageable. They do not have a game left against a team with a winning record. They have Minnesota, Atlanta twice, and I think Carolina. They they play four games. None of them are against winning teams. So my prediction is the Buccaneers are going to roar into the playoffs hot. And when we get there, we will once again be talking about Tampa Tom as the leader of a team that we think could win the whole thing. Does that satisfy you? Bold? Is it bold enough? All right, I'll make it even bolder. The Bucs are going to make a deep run in these playoffs. They're going to get hot in December, and they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. That's number four. Number three. Number three. The New York Jets are going to go 0-16. It hasn't happened much. It's happened twice. It's going to happen a third time. Because they're not getting better. They're getting worse. And do you know what my golf pro always says to me? genius man. I I consider, I call him the savior because he saved my golf game. He said to me, Greeny, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. That's what's happening to the Jets. The more they keep doing these things, they're just ingraining all of the bad habits, right? They're coming over the top. They're bailing out. They're swinging off their back foot. They're doing everything. They're just going to duck hook their last five games directly into the woods. Find me a game on their schedule. They're going to win. They're a terrible team. They hate their coach. They couldn't possibly want it to be over more. I believe the Jets are going to go 0-16. Startlingly depressing thought. And again, the one big criticism I have of the system. That shouldn't be a benefit. Fans should not want them to lose out. They should not incentivize losing. But they will go 0-16. That's bold prediction number three. Number two. Number two. This one I think might shake you up a little. I do not believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be the number one seed in the AFC. I think that they're going to get surpassed. They're going to get caught from behind and beaten out by the Kansas City Chiefs. And part of it is not their fault. I do feel a little bad for the Steelers. Everything has gotten so mucked around with their scheduling. Now they're playing on a Wednesday. Then they're going to come back and play on a Monday. Everything is getting moved around and their schedule is no picnic. They've got tough games ahead. Washington is playing better. Baltimore will play a tough tomorrow as best they can, even without Lamar. They have Washington, they have Buffalo, they have Indianapolis. Incredibly important games for all those teams on their schedules. I think the Steelers will lose twice, and Kansas City will not. And so it will be the Chiefs, not the Steelers, who are the one seed in that critical spot in the AFC in the first year of seven teams per conference. That's number two. Number one. And finally, number one. I know everyone is talking about Jim Harbaugh. Here is my bold prediction. Jim Harbaugh is not going to be an NFL head coach next year. If he is coaching next year, it will be at Michigan. I think come heck or high water, they will find a way to work it out so that he stays there and saves face. I'm not sure what that is because he can't coach in his lame duck season. They're going to have to figure something out. But I don't think he wants to leave it this way, and I don't think he has NFL teams beating down his door right now. I could be wrong. I hope I am. I've known Jim 30 years and I like him. I don't want him to be left in a game of musical chairs without a place to sit. But that's my gut feeling. I don't think the NFL is knocking down his door. So my bold prediction number one is if Jim Harbaugh is coaching next season, it will be at Michigan. Those are my bold predictions. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And for that, I turn now to my friend Jeff Saturday, who joins me here on ESPN Radio. Hello again, Jeff Saturday. How you doing, Greeny? I'm doing great, and I wanted to ask you first off about something I just said, which is that I think, and, and I, in a way, I feel bad for the Steelers because they've now had their schedule upended twice by teams that have had coronavirus outbreaks, and neither time was it themselves. But I do think when you consider that they're going to have to play this game on a Wednesday, then turn around and play another one on a Monday, and you look at the schedule they still have coming, they still have to play. Baltimore's not going to be as easy as it sounds tomorrow, and they've still got to play Buffalo, and they've still got to play the Colts. I think the Steelers are going to lose a couple of games down the stretch. What do you think?
2: I, I disagree with you, Green. Listen, I, I, I think Tomlin is going to use this, as a way to continue to forge this team. I mean, listen, as you think about Mike Tomlin and the job that he has done, um, just look at last year, right? When we had a quarterback like you playing and they still go eight and eight, <laughs> uh, I think he uses this to his advantage. I really do. I think he I think he does as good a job as anybody of casting out distraction, making sure guys understand priorities, right? The one thing is the one thing. And, that, and, and he is as good as there is about doing that. I think the only game for me that I would say is a a bit of a trap game would be Washington, and I think that's just because of their defensive line um, and, and what they've been able to do in the last nine nine or so games. I think they're number one in the league in pass rush in the last nine games, so that one's a bit of a of a trap game, just kind of going in and not playing your best. Uh, you know, they had a game like that earlier in the year where they. I still think they win it, but I think that's the one because listen, the other ones they could come back and face India again in the playoffs or they could come back uh, and face Buffalo in the playoffs. So they, they don't want, they don't want those two games to go understated and, and, and players know that, right? This December football is a different thing. It's a different mentality. Uh, So I actually like the Steelers to, to, to get, they may lose one of those, but I think they end up going out 15 and one and, it's a heck of a football team, man. Defense is doing it, and I think Roethlisberger's had a better a better year than people are giving him credit for. I hope
1: you're right. Listen, I hope you're right, and I'm wrong, and I give nothing in the world but credit and respect to Mike Tomlin. So if you wind up being right about this and I wind up being wrong, I will be uh, delighted to see it. They deserve, with all the craziness they've had, they deserve to get the one seed, which is so important. I'm not sure what the Philadelphia Eagles deserve, um, and, but I'm, <laughs> and I'm not sure what they're going to get. But I'll just give you the floor on what we saw from them last night between – Just that the ineptitude on the field, the ineptitude of the plan involving the backup quarterback. I mean, what the heck is going on in Philadelphia?
2: You know, it's honestly disheartening. Like, like when you watch it, 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 it's one of those things that's hard to watch. I think Doug Peterson is a is a good football coach. Uh, I'm not sure why he's doing what he's doing. The whole idea of running. You know, hurts out there. It, it, it's just a waste of time. I mean, to, to run out there for two plays, throw a pass, and then bring you know bring him back in after a six yard game. Bring Wentz back in for a third down. I, I don't understand. There's no plan if if you're going to use him, use him in a very similar like Taysom Hill type role, right? Where you, you know you're going to bring him in for maybe a red zone package or you know a backed up package, whatever you decide to do to give the defense something to to script for. And practice again, so maybe you get a spark. But but what they did with him last night is is a complete waste of time. The player's not better, and the offense dang sure ain't better. And then as you as you look around what Carson Wentz, man, this is this is one of those things where you've seen this guy regress, and you can tell he is forcing it, right? Like you can see it on his face, uh, and there aren't guys around him to bail him out. So it's like you know it, it's it's basically gas on a fire, right? Is as, as you you have these expectations that if man, if I just do my part. This is going to happen. He makes one good throw, and then it's inaccurate, and then it's an interception. And you know, you can just see this guy uh, and, and kind of the painful uh, regression that's going on with they and you know with he in their offense. But and I'm not saying it's all one guy's fault, but you've got to do something to to help put a spark back in and give him some confidence. I think I think the Hertz package would help him just to give him some time to watch. Um, you, you know, I, I just you feel for them and you feel for their defense because their defense is actually better uh, than, than, you know, obviously their record has has shown. And it's tough when you get this split on offense, defense. I know those guys are trying to champion them, but it's just a tough thing to watch.
1: Jeff, Saturday, I always appreciate it. It was great fun this morning. No one serves up pancakes in the morning better than you do for us. We'll (laughs) do this again soon. Thank you, my friend
2: love it brother
1: appreciate you see you soon that's jeff saturday on the shell Penzole performance line Penzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas giving you unbeatable engine protection the proof is in the penzo based on sequence 4a wear test using sae 5w 30 i would have liked to have had more time there than i had with jeff i, I went longer than i meant to talking about the stuff off the beginning but i don't regret it because that's more important than anything else we'll do today but but as far as the eagles just to sort of attach my own thoughts to it I don't get it either. I don't understand what it is they're doing with Jalen Hurts. If you want to change the dynamic of the quarterback play, then put in a special package for Hurts who can do things a little bit different. If you want to give Carson Wentz some time to sit on the bench and watch and maybe just catch a breather, then do that. But what they actually did was nothing. They actually just, if you didn't watch the game last night, they took Wentz off the field, they put um, Hurts out there, he basically just threw a pass, the same exact play that they might have run with Wentz. Then he just ran back to the sideline. It it was it was genuinely a waste of time, and I just don't understand it at all. And I agree with Jeff. But Doug Peterson's a good, not only is he a good football coach, a Super Bowl winning football coach, but he was a quarterback. So of all things, he knows he knows what it is they're trying to do there. For the life of me, I don't understand what the function was and the way they tried to go about it last night. Greeny with you again. V Foundation, V uh, kicking off V Week today. V.org slash donate. Anything you can do to help is endlessly appreciated. Jim Boeheim joins me to talk about it next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: During these challenging times, ESPN and the V Foundation's fight against cancer hasn't stopped. If you are able, please support cancer research by visiting V.org slash donate. 100% of what you give goes directly to cancer research. Today is Giving Tuesday, a global day of giving. And it's also the first day of ESPN's V-Week. We can all be a part of something big today by supporting cancer research, which is needed now more than ever. If you are able, give now at v.org donate. 100% of what you give goes directly to cancer research.
1: Most important day of the year for us here. ESPN Radio Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. And as you just heard, we are kicking off V-Week. Here And I'm going to have Jim Beheim to talk about that with me in just a moment. The legendary Hall of Fame basketball coach at Syracuse, who himself is a cancer survivor and knows um, the importance of this. But this is not a disease, I think, that anyone needs to have lived through um, to understand its importance. And and so we will talk to Jim as soon as I'm told that he's ready to go. He'll be with me in a minute. And I appreciate all the nice response and feedback that I have gotten to the story I told about Stuart Scott. He was a great man. And um, if you had known him, I, I know everyone loved him. And and what I always say, people ask me about him all the time, and, and I don't want to overstate our relationship. It's not like we were the closest friends you ever met, but I knew him well enough to be able to tell you this, that whatever it is you thought he was, it's exactly right. <laughs> he was exactly like that. He was a force of nature with the biggest personality of anyone you could ever possibly come across um and and so again as as we solicit donation today in his name among others what i would say is if you had known him you'd be honored to be donating uh to such a worthy cause in his name all right with that thought in mind it is uh, my my pleasure to bring into the conversation the hall of famer the head coach at syracuse jim Beheim, who's with me here on espn radio coach it's been a long time i hope that you're well thank you very much for a few minutes how are you well, I'm good, and you've changed a few things in your life in the last <laughs> few months. <laughs> uh, yes, I have. We both have, I suppose, and, and it's a pleasure to have you back here, and it's a pleasure to get this chance to chat. And let's start with this. I've I've been talking here on this Giving Tuesday that that this is we are kicking off V Week at ESPN Radio. Honored to do that on behalf of the V Foundation and of ESPN. And I just wonder, it's it's an, a, an association I know you've had for a great many years, and so with that thought in mind, I just wonder what that and this means to you.
3: Well, Jimmy, you know, some of the people listening probably don't know Jimmy Belvano other than the speech they see every year. He was a great basketball coach, but more importantly, he was just a great, great person and so fun to be around easily the funniest that I've ever been around anywhere. And uh, I just can't, I wish I could describe to people uh, Jimmy and I remember we We played when I was an assistant coach. He came in here with a pretty good Bucknell team. We had a great Syracuse team, and you know the head. We kind of got the game got out of hand, and we were up so many. It was maybe 50. And Jimmy's looking at me because I knew Jimmy. He didn't know the head coach here. After the game, he's going, "Yep, we just got beat by seven touchdowns," and (laughs) they just kept cheering. And he, he was fit. He was just fit to be tied after the game, and. uh, you know, but he would he would just come up with stuff like that and and uh he just uh, it was he was an incredible guy, and he established an incredible foundation uh with the jimmy v and we everybody has tried to support it over the years and'll continue to try to support it in his memory but I think people sometimes don't remember him he was a great basketball coach he he coached different, his way, you know, kind of by this. Today we're going to do this, and tomorrow we're going to do that. No, nope, nope, wait a minute, we're going to do this. Hmm. And uh, it worked. It worked for him. And he enjoyed going against the, the Dean Smith in the league. And, and uh, just so many humorous moments when they – when they played in Carmichael, the last game, Dean had the game ball, and Jimmy took it, dribbled down, made a bucket, and gave it back to him and said, I made the last basket in Carmichael. <laughs> 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 I mean, who would even think of doing that? But, you know, that was Jimmy, and uh, he he just had a feel for people and the game. And, you know, he's one of those New York City, although he's from kind of Long Island, New York City street guys that just, knows how to get things the knew how to get things done and um you know he, he competed as hard as he could fair and square and uh, when the game was over he shook hands and said you know he said great game. There was no no extra stuff around there. And when you beat him on a recruit he'd say, Hey, good job and you know, that was it. You know, nothing it, it just a unique individual, unique coach and uh, easily the most fun guy I've ever
1: ever known Hmm. v.org slash donate if you can make a difference in any way today uh meanwhile coach let me ask you about this season it 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 of course is one unlike anything that we've we've ever experienced before how would you describe what it is this year what it is about and and how what what the most important things are
3: it's day-to-day i mean today we might be playing tomorrow we won't be it's uh you know the cdc in this one test and you're out the team is out uh, i don't think it made sense for basketball teams i think you have to look at each case individually we try to isolate our players so that if one gets positive the other players haven't been around that much that's hard to do but if we don't get some balance in this uh you're going to every week there's going to be 10 games changed and then the, the biggest concern, once you quarantine, which happened to us, you didn't practice for 14 days. Well, any semblance of what you're doing, and the players can't work out. You know, they can't come in the gym work out. So it's really 14 days off, and now you got to play basketball. And, uh, you know, we played a good team, so Bryant was a very good thing. We could have lost to them any time. But it just being out of sync completely, it's hard to play basketball. And then... If you're in the season and you get 14-day sabbatical, and for us, we could come back the second day and play at Duke. I mm-hmm. mean, we can't probably beat Duke if we practice for 14 days. <laughs> but if you have 14 days off, you are not going to, You probably can't be competitive in that situation. Uh, I noticed the CDC just said something about, well, maybe only a 7-day or 10-day quarantine. That That would be a little better. But I haven't seen any movement on that. But this is a very difficult time. Our players have worked hard. We've had 700 tests since we got back in school, and we've had just two positives. So really, our players are doing well. They're taking care of themselves, and they're staying away from social gatherings. But still, it can happen. And two of our coaches, including me, I went out to dinner a couple nights, and that's where You know, I got, I mean, all of our, our positives have come from outside the program in town or someplace. And it's just, you know, I felt great. It's just one of those things. Some people that are healthy just don't have any effect by this. And the thousands of athletes across the country who've tested positive in, in college sports have all come back strong. All the professional golfers and the professional football players who tested positive have come back strong. So this obviously is something that really affects older people and people with conditions, and it kind of touches younger people. But it, it seems like they're they're able to bounce right back and be good. So, but the only solution is a vaccine because this is such a communicable disease. You can get it anywhere, anytime, and spreads like wildfire. So until we get the everybody tested and get the vaccine and establish that. I mean, we're looking till next year, fall before we can get back to normal. In the meantime, we're going to try to play like footballs doing, play as many games as we can. The players want to play, and there don't seem to be any negative results if they are tested positive. So I think we should try to play and try to get the season in, but it's going to be challenging. uh going to be very difficult some teams may play 20 games some might play 25 some may play 15 or 12 and uh we just have to get through the year the ncaa was very good to the players they can all come back if they want to and play next year which i think is good there's going to be some things coming in the future for players in college basketball the ability to transfer and play right away it will be chaotic but it will be good for players the NIL of the players being able to get endorsement money will be chaotic, but it will be good for players. So I think a lot of good things are going to happen for players moving forward in college basketball. And I think that's a, that's a good thing it is there will be some problems, but you know, we'll have to adjust to it. If the player's not happy and he wants to leave, he has that ability to go someplace and play right away. Um, And coaches will adjust to it like they've adjusted to everything. But certainly it will cause some chaos. Mm. You know, if you're not playing or playing a little bit and you can play someplace else, you're going to leave. But I think it will work out. I think it will be difficult, but I think it will work out. My main concern is trying to get this team through this year as best as we can. And they've been great. They've worked hard. They've done everything we've asked. And uh, you know they're they're trying to play the season, uh, and uh, that's all you can ask of players today. They they their biggest fear is not being able to play. Yeah, they, they want to play. That's what they want to do. And I know there's thoughts out there by everybody. Well, it's tough. To, you shouldn't do this, or you should pause. I don't think there's any solution other than to try to play through this. Um, schools have spent in, in an unbelievable amount of money testing players. We test our players three days a week and some more. And uh, I think that we're trying to get people in school. Uh, I was, it was great to see the CDC come out and say kids are better in school. And I think that's true at all levels of school, right through college. Uh, I know my son is at Cornell. He had to be home a lot this, this year. He's sick about it. He's hmm. a senior. He wants to be in school, and Cornell's one of the few schools in the Ivy League. I think it's just true that he was at school the whole semester. He was down there, yeah, and uh, and they survived. But I believe we have to get kids in school at all ages, and, and there's challenges. But what kids are missing? I know in the city of Syracuse, 50 percent of the kids in the city schools don't have computers or Wi-Fi. Uh, what's happening to them? And and kids that age will, aren't dying from this. Hmm. But I think they're dying by not being able to go to school. It's been a year, almost a full year now, without being in classes. And how long can that last and kids not be suffer irreparable harm? Well, that's what I'm
1: afraid of. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, so so many different ways to consider this. I'm out of time, Jim. I, I appreciate it so much. <laughs> Thank you. It is it is good to talk to you. Stay safe and healthy. Uh, the best to your team, and let's catch up again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. All right, take care. This is Jim Beheim, coach of Syracuse Greeny, presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at progressive.com today a little late. Come back and react to that in a moment. Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: Today is Giving Tuesday, a global day of giving. And it's also the first day of ESPN's V-Week. We can all be a part of something big today by supporting cancer research, which is needed now more than ever. If you are able, give now at v.org slash donate. 100% of what you give goes directly to cancer research. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Today is Giving Tuesday, a global day of giving. And it's also the first day of ESPN's V-Week. We can all be a part of something big today by supporting cancer research, which is needed now more than ever. If you are able, give now at v.org slash donate. 100% of what you give goes directly to cancer research.
1: Yeah, tune in tonight for the State Farm Champions Classics on ESPN. Number eight, Michigan State taking on Duke. Number seven, Kansas taking on Kentucky. All the action tonight's on ESPN and the ESPN app. I had the chance to talk to Tom Izzo on TV today. I just had Jim Boeheim here, Hall of Fame coaches. College coaches are the ones that have been around forever. Those are the ones that you get to know when they become really the sort of the the, the, the most familiar, I think, and comfortable faces in sports at some point because they just stand the test of time. I mean, I, I, we've been watching Tom Izzo and Jim Boeheim. and Boeheim's case, we've been watching him coach basketball for 40 years. In Izzo's case, something more like 25 uh, but there is something comforting about it, isn't there? There is just something nice, at least for me. I hope you had the same feeling I did when I was talking to Tom Izzo, or to my, uh, Tom Izzo earlier today or talking to Jim, uh, I'm struggling here, Jim Beheim, just a moment ago. Um, there's something comforting about the familiarity. It just makes you feel good during a time like this. And we're gonna get through it. All of the news seems to be extraordinarily hopeful. All of this word about... Um, the vaccine and the proximity of it and they're, they're starting to get answers to these questions on dates and you know the world is going to be the world again I, I live in total faith and confidence of that I, 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 I hope that we all do and that's why this day is so important I think because uh, the pandemic is an excellent time to forget about everything else for understandable reasons The pandemic has shut down the world that we live in in so many different ways that it is a priority to get it back up and functioning again for reasons that go well beyond public health. Totally understood, understandable, and that is and should be the priority. But cancer doesn't care about that. Cancer doesn't sit back thinking, you know what? We'll just wait over here. I I won't, I won't infect anyone. I won't kill anyone. I won't ruin people's lives while the pandemic is going on because that would just be unfair. Cancer loves it. Cancer loves when you're giving all your money and all your attention someplace else. So we humbly ask on behalf of the V Foundation, who are our partners and everything that we have done here and everything I've been proud to be associated with at ESPN for 24 years, that if you can make a donation of any magnitude, a donation of any size, it makes a huge difference. V.org slash donate. I'll mention again my two books. If you'd like to order them, they're available. 100 cents of every dollar that, that goes to the author, 100% of the author's proceeds go to the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Uh, my book, All You Could Ask For, all of that money goes to breast cancer. Our children's book, MVP, Most Valuable Puppy about Phoebe, all of that money goes to the pediatric uh, cancer area, uh, which was started by uh, Dick Vital. And we work in concert with him at the V Foundation. So again, it's a day that I'm proud to be a part of and proud to be connected to. And I thank you for being a part of it. And I thank you for any way that you choose to help make a difference today. And tomorrow we'll be back to all the usual stuff and we'll be yelling about things. And who knows, I'm sure something will have me cranky and I'll probably make you mad. But on days like this, it's nice to remember where we meet in the middle, that there are really important things we can do together. And I appreciate your being willing to do that being willing to meet me there and being willing to do them with me. One more time, v.org slash donate if you can make a difference. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for spending some of it with me. I'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.